Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 536 of the Drug Podcast. Or most always, I am Tyler. And join me. We have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Honestly, after a long work week, I decided that uh, I decided that uh, because tomorrow there's not going to be any of substantial football that I'm probably going to probably going to play a couple of different games that I've been meaning to go forth and catch up on because this, this better part of this week has been pretty busy, kind of tiring, too, at some point. Like I've played some games here and there, but I haven't really had a good initial chunk that I've been wanting to dedicate to. What's kind of hilarious is like whenever you get into that work mode and stuff and it's like you're you're laying in bed and stuff like that, you're thinking to yourself, well, well, you know what, maybe I could just take my switch over here and I could just play maybe a little bit of something before trying to nut off the bed. And all of a sudden you'd barely make yeah. it like about 30 minutes and like, oh, no, I got to yeah. put this down. Yeah. <laughs> that was me like twice this week. <laughs> and uh the second and the third time they took the third time i was just basically paying more attention to watching like a stream of like maximilian dude in order for me to actually go and uh it's like oh, oh no it's 11 o'clock God yeah dang it, i gotta go to bed <laughs> but other than that man it's it's been fine it's been fine i mean i'm pretty happy in regards to the whole gaming releases in the month of january for a good extent Dead Space, obviously, some still continuously playing. Fire Emblem Engage, yeah, I started a little bit of Fire Emblem Engage and stuff, but uh, I'll say more about it a little bit later. But how have you? I'm been doing, doing okay, time? you know. Uh, it, was, it was not, you know, it's been kind of a crazy week with work, so um, didn't have to work a lot of hours, and then um, it's gonna be a, a awful next week at work, and I am on vacation, so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, yep. So that was kind of nice. Uh, you know, with my work, we gotta, you know, we gotta book all of our vacation from like June through May. Is how our year works at work, and we have to book all our vacation in uh, March. So for like the entire that entire year, and it's all seniority based. And uh, this coming February was like the like I picked like a week in June. I get two weeks. I picked a week in June, and I picked this was the first yes. week available. Uh, this coming week that was available in 2023. That's the only reason I picked it, not for any other reason. Um, and it just kind of worked out that one of the worst weeks, um, for, for probably like to, for me to be off for my, for my employers, uh, I am off. So, um, it's pretty great. Uh, I, don't <laughs> feel, I don't have to like stress out and like, I can actually enjoy the weekend. I can like, I don't have to like worry about cause like I'm sure a lot of people at work right now are not able to enjoy the weekend cause they know, um, the hell that's going to be uh, next week and I don't have to fucking deal with it. So I'm pretty excited and I got the next week off, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, uh, but it looks like it's been pretty decent out weather-wise, so I was able to take uh, Louie out for my dog for WALK, so that's pretty nice, uh, mm-hmm. playing some games, so I've been doing that, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice, but this time next week, I will be in, in a state of depression um, that will worry you immensely uh, for, for my well-being, because it's not going to be pretty, because uh, <laughs> it's as high as I'm feeling right now. I'm on day one of my nine-day vacation. I'm on day ten of being sick, which is very <laughs> frustrating. Uh, but um, it's right now it's just like a sinus thing. But um, yeah, uh, doing okay though otherwise. So it's been it's been a pretty enjoyable day. Like you know, like uh, tomorrow, you know, like it does suck. You know, tomorrow Sunday, uh, it's a first uh, weekend without football since like August, uh, which sucks. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's like bittersweet because like man, I love football, but it also kind of sucks sometimes where it's like you don't have a lot of you know it's like the weekend is like 
we got to cram everything. I know it's a, you know, being an adult, but it's like, I could do everything in the weekend, but also like one of my two days off a week, uh, is like literally 10 hours straight of football. So it's like really just got Saturday <laughs> to like do everything. Uh, so, um, yeah, but it's, it's, so it's like bittersweet where it's like, um, yeah, no football on Super Bowls next weekend. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited though. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't like, I can just kind of do whatever. Yeah. I play a bunch of games and shit. I don't have to like, you know, uh, try to cram everything in the morning. Usually like I'll get up early on Sundays and like, I'll get up like seven and try game out then and stuff like that. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of nice. I can just kind of, uh, do whatever all day. So it's been kind of nice, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you are, you know, if you're new to this, you listen to us for the 536th time. Uh, I am Tyler. That's Colonel Gables. Uh, we do this every week. We record mm-hmm. and talk about video games and, uh, uh, I usually drink a little bit of beer while we're doing it. But, um, if you're liking this or if you're a friend, uh, if you're a fan or whatever, uh, please like, follow, subscribe down in the description down below. You can see the, the, the links to all of our socials, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all that, whether you're an audio or, or visual watcher, listener, whatever, please go there, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, ring the bell, five star reviews, shares. Share is probably the most important thing you can really do. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, tell your friends, all that fun jazz. But uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, but Gables, we were talking about for the show. This is maybe one of the craziest fucking weeks of game of like news we've had. That's not like E3 um, in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's fucking get into it because we were already five minutes into this podcast. I don't know how the fuck we're gonna get through this podcast without it being three hours. Um, <laughs> start off here, big news. Um, IGN kind of got the originally reported this, and a lot of other people like uh, VGC, Kotaku, uh, GameSpot, Jeff Grubb, um, all the leakers out there have all kind of corroborated reports, adding more stuff to the to the details that apparently there will be no uh, uh, one of the goddamn fucking OBS. Your picture just disappeared. Give me one second, Gables. I gotta fix this. All right, all right. Um, so they won't be able to hear you, but I can. But uh, which one am I? I'm 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 two. I'm two. Okay. Um, but uh, apparently, um, no Nintendo, no PlayStation, no Xbox at this coming E3. Um, so lot to unpack here. So some of the stuff that's kind of come out uh from these reports is that uh, Nintendo doesn't believe they're gonna have like enough big games to make it like viable. For them to be there now, they can hear you, Gables. If you want to talk, you're able to talk. Um, right, right. Uh, but so apparently, yeah, they don't think there's gonna be enough games for for it to be viable for them to be there. But also on top of that, Sony oh, got little Chico back there. Uh, yeah, but um, he's putting his two cents on. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not he's not a fan of this. He's not a fan of the death of E3. Um, but um, also, uh, Sony left back in 2019 before you know they announced. I think it was like late 2019, early 2020, before COVID and anything hit, that they were not going to be a part of it. Um, and yeah. then Xbox has been doing their thing, uh, but it's been across the street for the last um, about seven or eight years now. But like they've technically been a part of E3, but they like their all their stuff has been across the street, so they're not like paying to rent out a space or anything like that. Right. Um, some of the stuff out of this is that. Um, some of, the, some of the sources that IGN and a couple of people have talked to here is uh, one knowledgeable source. Um, there have been ongoing frustrations with the ESA over the last uh, three years, who they claim have incredibly mishandled the brand, uh, E3 brand over the last three years. They corroborated other IGN sources in saying that several major E3 organizers, organizers have departed the ESA, leaving a new group, uh, new group to sweep uh, up after them. 
and criticize Repop's handling of the event. So that's something we, we've talked about over the years. And that's some of some stuff that's come out is that um, a lot of people after 2019, because even before COVID and all that, like there was a lot of grumbles. And like Jeff Keighley announced shortly after E3 2019 that um, he was done. He was going to like, and someone asked him, oh, was it, was it like a money thing? And he's like, we, we didn't even discuss money. Uh, he was very frustrated. We heard about like ports that like a lot of the publishers, a lot of the big three were pretty frustrated with the way they handle, they've been handling it. And like, they've bungled the bag. And then like, um, also in 2018, they like, there was that massive leak where they leaked the addresses of all of like the, the journalists and the, the people working at the events, like everybody's all the information leaked. There's a huge, yeah, that leak. was the huge one in 2019. Yeah. So you had all that on top of it. And it's been, it's been years of buildup of like frustration and stuff like that. And like, um, of the events of, uh, of E3. And it's like, you know, like something that I didn't realize for a long time. Not maybe didn't realize, but just didn't think about was the fact that like uh, ESA has been charging like insane prices for people to be a part of this thing. Like like just the base, basically like like ESA is renting out the LA Convention Center right. and then charging th- the publishers obscene fee to be a part of it. And then they have to hire people to build and create these sets and then also put on a, put on an event itself where like like especially if you're the in-person's ones like EA Play or like um, the Microsoft or Bethesda or Sony ones like to rent out a, a, a arena or not arena but like an event center or to put on these things events would cost them tens of millions of dollars to do mm. and it's like understandably it's like we're paying tens of millions of dollars to do all this and we're not really getting anything out of this and especially I think 2018 was like that was the year that like PlayStation did that weird event where, like, mm-hmm. they did the first part with, like, Last of Us inside that looked like the farm from, like, the opening scene of Last of Us. Yep. Uh, the, where they have the dance and everything like that. And then there was, like, that 30-minute, like, in-between thing. And then they went to the other room and they showed off, like, Resident Evil 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding, a couple other things. Yes. Um, and that was, like, their last one. And I think they're at that point, like, all right, we're just done here. Like, because, like, it was, like, kind of cool and, like, it was kind of cool looking the way it did it. But, like, it was very clunky. I think it was overall, like, the experience was negative for everybody involved even though the games itself were really good. Um, yeah, like even like um, Phil Spencer did an interview talking about like the importance of E3 and like Microsoft being on the board of the ESA, uh, but even they're not going to be part of E3 really this year. And they like, they're, they've said they're going to do a, a, an event in June, but they haven't said if it's a part of summer game fest, if it's gonna be part of uh, um, uh, E3 or not. But uh, also here, like, some other stuff coming out of this is that Repop uh, began contacting publishers about E3 last fall while promising to book spots in December, but with less than, excuse me, but with less than six months to, to go until E3, the sources say there's a lot of missing information. Uh, even more here, uh, there's not a good sense. This is from a, a, some other people here. Uh, there's not a good sense that there's an understanding of what this show is going to be or how it will come together, which is strange from a company that does such an amazing job with packs twice a year. Uh, it seemed like they'd be perfect shepherds for come uh, for something like E3. But so who knows where the ESA is, uh, or who's this? Who? I'm sorry. So who knows where the issue is? Is it an a, a, uh, ESA issue? Is it a repop issue? That there seems to be a lot of genuine interest from game publishers in the concept of E3, but it's really frustrating that we don't have a good solution or uh, any good solutions. Uh, the information flow has been great. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to be the first to go out there. Um, a couple other things here. E3 is June 6th, uh, 13th to the 16th. That's Monday through Friday. Um, the first Tuesday through Friday, rather. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday is like for you know journalists and content creators to go. And then the 15th and the 16th are um, 
gamer days. That's where the public can go. And that's part of it too. What we've heard is that like, um, and summer game fest starts the before that on June 8th. So yeah. like all this is going on in LA. So a lot of people frustrated, confused, like publishers, content creators, um, journalists, I, you know, IG, the big, the big websites, IGN, Kotaku, uh, video game chronicles, game spot, all those guys where it's like, do we want to, do we send people out here for now? It's going to be like, is this going to be a week and a half event? Is it worth the sending? Like what is exactly summer game fest going to be? What's going to be there? What's because like, you got to think like, like they, I've listened to people talk about like, like usually like these big sites and like stuff like that, like they start playing for E3 back in like December. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the fuck do they do? It's like, is it worth planning for this stuff? Is it like, it's, it's a thing where it's like, it's not just like what's going on with like, like who's going to be there. As far as like, is it gonna be worth it for people to go? And like, even like content creators, I got like, it costs them money to go. Like, they're they're paying their own dimes to go there. Like, no one's paying them to go there. Like, you know, right. the streamers or just YouTubers, or whatever. It's like, is it worth them to go there? Like, the loot because now they're not like, they're not making it. Like, they're they're you know their YouTube channel, their Twitch stream, whatever is gonna be dead for days while they go do this thing, and that's losing the money. But they think they're gonna make up that money in the back end by going like, hey, here's all the stuff I got from E3. Is that gonna be worth it? Are they, are they gonna make that money back? Are they gonna make that time? Is it gonna make it worth it, viable for them? Um, just a lot, and like you hear about, like the publishers were really pissed off when they announced like the consumers can go to the the event because like they like publishers were not prepared. And you heard about like stories about like Nintendo, like I think it was 2018 was the first year we had in person events or 2017, I can't remember which one, and it was just it was designed for like a normal like E3 with like here's the journalists, here's the people working at the events coming through. And then like, no, here's 50,000 people from the outside who like go through. And then, like the, literally the people at the event working there had to work overnight to redo and redesign the entirety of their, their booths. So they can like have a flow of people come through and fu- maybe functional. So people can like, you were hearing about stories about the people, like people that paid tons of money to go there just to buy a ticket, not even like, a flight to pay the obscene prices in LA for food and hotel room to spend three, four hours waiting in line to play one game. Um, so it's just been, it's been, a, this whole thing has been a clusterfuck. And I think a lot of us were like excited because like initially repopped in 2019 wanted to, wanted to take over. And then uh, ESA said no, because they didn't want to pay the money for repop to do this. Um, but it sounds like even, you know, whether, who knows if it's a repop or like they said, like an ESA issue, it's like, yeah, I mean, what is E3 if it doesn't have, you know, Nintendo? I mean, PlayStation, yeah, they've been gone for a few years. Xbox has been across the street for the last several years now. Nintendo has never not been at an E3 since year one. They've never missed one. So, I mean, Gables, how, how, like, how, how are you feeling about, like, you know, the news of, you know, kind of an, another lackluster June? Hmm. Well, honestly, I'm not too surprised with this core aspect. And quite honestly, when the news happened this week, that was being reported upon, you know, all these substantial things to where, okay, the big three are not going to be inside of like an initial E3 sort of setting and stuff with June. Honestly, all three of them have different ways to advertise what game content they want to go through. Each of them have each. Yeah, each of them have like specific types of state of plays or directs or whatever types of things where they could just post it on their media sites either on Twitter or on Facebook or like on YouTube or TikTok or where the freaking hell you're going to go for to yeah. push a lot of your content. But uh, <laughs> that would actually be pretty intelligent from a gaming site to go for. Yeah. To do I that. mean, but, I, maybe, uh, what if we should do the podcast on Pornhub? No, we give views. 
<laughs> I know we would get views, but the ones that we probably want. <laughs> well, we just got like maybe instead of our faces, we just like we have put the camera on our feet. <laughs> uh, I don't want that. But anyway, getting back to the whole point at hand here to where all three of these major companies don't need to be at E3 in order to substantially advertise what games that they have and stuff. From what it's being reported upon by Nintendo not having as strong a release year or something like that as like what in years past or something like that. I mean, quintessentially, we're taking the word upon like somebody that's reporting something like possibly maybe the case from like IGN Insider. Well, no, this something. is that wasn't from that part was from um, Andy Robinson from VGC. Okay, he's pretty from VGC. In, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but this has been corroborated by multiple people. This isn't just by one person. This is yeah. So and this isn't just like this year. This is just like they're not ready for like you know because like it takes like a long time to like put these event like put these trailers put these like gameplay features together. Like you got to think about too. Like a lot of these studios, a lot of these companies, they shut down or laid off like a lot of their event people during yep. COVID. Um, and they probably weren't planning on because like. I remember like watching the God of War documentary for for 2018, and like that that first time they showed off when they officially revealed uh, God of War 2018, and they did like yeah. a te- just a 10 minute trailer teaser thing. Took them a year to put together just for that one piece. Huh. And you got also I think like games are like they've had so many issues with getting games out because of COVID, because of everything, games being bigger than ever, blah blah blah, blah the short staff, all the things we already know. We won't talk about forever. Um, it's like, do they want to like take a chunk of people to like work on something else for a year mm-hmm. for this event, or like, is that worth it to them? Um, like, that's just, I mean, there's so many things where, yeah, like the, there's so many dominoes here that have been knocked over. I don't know if we can, I don't know if that make that analogy makes sense, but like a lot of things have, a lot of things have fallen over. I don't know if we can pick back up, but to put back together. But to get to the question in hand, it's like, is E3 E3 without the big three attending or having some form of presence inside of the event i honestly don't think so not in the grand spectacle of what it once was granted ever since e3 was a thing we'd had major video game publishers showcase their games Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't truly believe it's an e3 event or a substantial point of emphasis of it being a majorly yearly event and stuff that uh you know, without those big three, granted, they're going to have probably other types of publishers or other types of possibly whomever they can get to that point in order to have the things, but it's not the same. It's not the same without the big Mm -hmm. three showcasing, doing their stuff. And quite honestly, what the hell are you doing if you can't even get anything major in regards to your settings and stuff? Yeah. But that's just my opinion upon it. Yeah. I mean, I largely agree with you or like, I figured Sony would be a long shot to come back in because, like I said, they left before um, before them. Like, um, Xbox has always had an event during, in June every year, even the two years we've had. Like, 2020, 2022, we didn't have uh, an E3, and they still did events regardless. Um, you know, pre- the press conferences, whatever you want to call them. Um, Nintendo didn't do a June Direct in 2020 or 2022. Like, they no. almost like, looked like I thought they were shoo-in because... To me, they always look like they were still dedicated to E3 because the two years the Summer Game Fest happened, um, where in E3, like 2021, we got a June Direct. 2020, mm-hmm. 2022, no Directs, no E3. So I was like, okay, I figured they were a shoe in at least to have one. Um, and, I mean, to kind of like 
think double back on with the them not having enough games to talk about or anything like that. Like, I mean, we're in this weird spot where like we're kind of we are at the end of the, like whether Nintendo's going to win or not. We are at the end of the generation for that Switch. Right. And right. Like we've seen like this. A, go ahead. But like I was just saying though, even in regards to like the Nintendo stuff going on, that's a whole nother can of worms entirely. If that remains, you know, if that go forth and remains to be like uh, gone through and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, even with like the considerate the consideration of like with E three what we got going here, it's like without the major three, you're left with the leftovers of everyone else, and it's not E three at that point. It's quintessentially a summer's game. It's pretty much like a summer's game fest or like a spinoff of a summer's game fest, which we don't even know what the hell is going to be yeah. orchestrated for that this year. So yeah, it's it's well, it's an in person event, and they have like he's going to do like the hour and a half, two hour long show that always has the kickoff show. Um, but yeah, I mean, like with like I was saying with the Nintendo thing, where it's like I I, I think we're in that stage where like kind of where we were with, like with Xbox and play, PlayStation the last like mm-hmm. 2018, 2019, where we like we got a lot of third party stuff from Xbox the last couple of years of the Xbox One generation, um, and then 2018, 2019, we kind of kept seeing more of the same. Like remember they had the big four, they had like Days Gone, Death Stranding, Last of Us, Ghost of Shima. We kept seeing them over and over mm-hmm. again because. They're not going to show the goods until like the new consoles come out, you know. Like we're getting right. up to that, like the build. Kind of, we didn't really see the 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 goods from Nintendo for a long time, either, because I mean, what really the the Wii U was dead until after like 2015 was like really the last year we got anything of consoles. So we had like two yep. years of like nothing from them. Um, and then like that 2017 was an awesome fucking year. 2016, yeah, 2017 was an awesome fucking year because like here like they start boom January with, the, with their event. Here is like a bunch of shit coming. Then that June direct. Here's my here's fucking ton more stuff. Here's Mario Odyssey, all this other shit. Um, and I think we're at that same pot, spot with, you know, with with the Switch, where it's like, I mean, what? Well, I mean, the Tears of Kingdom is before E3, so that you can't really show that off unless you got like DLC or something, I guess maybe. Um, I mean, you could do Metroid, I guess, if they don't know. But I mean, we're gonna talk about it here soon with the, with the direct next week possibly. But like, what don't we know about coming up soon? You know, I don't know. Uh, so I, I believe the fact that like maybe they don't have enough, and they're just kind of waiting until the the Switch Two or fuck it's gonna be comes out, and then they, I think next year could be a big time year, like big maybe not a bunch of big games, but a bunch of big announcements from Nintendo next year because they're they're probably gonna be. I, mean, I feel like if we're not looking at it, we don't have at least substantial rumors of a Switch Two or whatever uh, by the end of this year. I, I'm gonna blow my fucking brains out because I don't want to fucking deal with another goddamn year of like Switch Pro. Is this gonna be it? I'm gonna fucking go insane. I'm, this, it's gonna, it's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I think they could. I, the, Jeff Keighley said this a couple years ago, um, going into Game Awards 2021. At 20, Game Awards 2021 ended up being a. It was, it was a, some substantial news there, but it wasn't like a plethora of news there. It's like a lot of small stuff, but a couple big bangers. Not like this this past year where we had fucking wall to wall of bangers of new, of like big announcements, big big stuff shown off. He said this that you're only as good as what you have. And that's very true. Like, and if like, if Capcom, if Square Enix, and if EA comes back or whatever, like, and Xbox has a great press, if they, they can get some, some, the, the big, the big dogs of the third party stuff to come in there and have really great press conferences, then that could be enough. But like, it won't equal to like the great, the greatest E3s of all time, but like, it could be enough to like, it keeps, the relevancy of 
E3 Live. Like I don't, I don't think people are saying this might be the this might be them. People are saying this is probably gonna be the last year. I'm not there yet. Maybe that's wishful thinking because I love E3. It's gaming Christmas, and like I don't want it to go. Like I, I've said for years, like I don't necessarily need E3, the name, the logo, but like I, I love that event. I love those like what three, four days of just crazy press conferences. Like oh my god, that was fucking nuts. And we got fucking played Nintendo on Tuesday or. Oh my god, that was awesome! In three hours, we got Xbox. Like, how they how they gonna top that? Um, I love that stuff, and I don't want it to go away. And whether it's Summer Game Fest or somebody else, I don't care. I just want it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. But uh, I don't think it's the end. But it's it's I'm not feeling positive about it. Um, but Gables, let's move on here. Uh, okay. Story number two here. We we kind of touched upon it already. Um, Sounds very like we talked we talked about this last week that there were some rumblings that there could be a, a, a direct Nintendo direct uh, in February. Sound like it's pretty possibly going to happen next week. And I made this joke last week that I'm like, hey, it'd be great if it happened this coming week because I'm off. Uh, and Jeff Grubb talked about this. Um, he said he's not promising it's going to happen, but from everybody he's talked about or he's talked to about it and heard from multiple people that it sounds like it's going to happen next week. Um, and then he's hearing the end of the end of the week, which makes sense. I was assuming Thursday because typically. Uh, directs either on Tuesday or Thursday. Uh, it seems more like lately it's more likely Thursday. Um, and some other stuff that kind of corroborated with that um, is that uh, Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2, which we've, I've talked about over and over again. I've had that game pre-ordered, paid off for two fucking years. I'm just waiting for it. Obviously, it was supposed to come out in last, uh, December 2021. It got delayed to April mm-hmm. of last year. And then like two weeks before uh, the game was to come out, uh, Russia evaded Ukraine. And literally the first level of Advanced Wars is a their version of Russia invading a country. So I can understand why at that point it's like, maybe not the best time to put this game out. And I don't, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but I can see why Like, we don't want to advertise this. Um, but uh, so I'm kind of shocked it hasn't happened since then, but there's been some, a lot of people have been like not rumored, but like suggesting that they think what would most likely happen is they just like shadow drop it essentially. Um, and not really like, but just like, Hey, it's out today or it's out tomorrow tomorrow like we'll just get the fuck out of here um excuse me i got burps there uh but there's been some updates in the back end for uh tears of the kingdom and advanced wars on the eShop. people have seen uh and people are, are now taking pre-orders again. like they'd stopped taking pre-orders for a long time on advanced wars and uh, certain stores are taking pre-orders again in the last couple weeks and a couple of stores um have apparently gotten an advertisement like like the little billboard like the little like the little foldable things or like cutouts cutouts yeah or like a poster where it says it's an advanced wars cutout or poster and it says available now so kind of corroborates that story like the, not story but like people like thinking like business like that might be what they do is like hey i can see them have the direct on thursday and hey advanced wars is out tomorrow it's on friday mm-hmm. you know just because t- typically friday is a big release day i can see that happening um but yeah i mean gables what what, what is i mean we're going to direct we talked about it over and over again. We don't really know a lot from Nintendo. We we got Advance Wars, Tears of the Kingdom, which we already have a date for, uh, Pikmin 4. And then there's been like Metroid Prime 4. And then there's the rumors of like the Zelda collection and the Metroid Prime remake. Um, but I mean, what what exactly are you are you expecting? What what you're, you're my Jason Giambi of, of predictions, stuff like that. Like home run strikeouts. That's all you know. Um, but I mean, honestly, like, what what are you thinking? What is most likely to show up at this? At, if assuming this direct happens, what are you expecting out of this? Okay, I'm. Okay, how to put it? 
I expect to address the elephant in the room right now. I mean, the most, you know, worst hidden stealth drop secret as it's now starting to become here. I think that uh, there is probably going to be with seeing what has been available and what is leaking into retail stores and stuff that advanced wars most likely is probably going to be stealth dropped during this mm. direct. I mean, all signs are leading towards this happening relatively soon, which adds more credence to not only what Jeff Grubb is collaborating, but also what other people, other insiders are collaborating to with, Hey, that there's a potential Nintendo direct happening next week from what we may see inside of it. If it's, if it's not, say, more Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I will be surprised. I mean, hear me out on this one. I feel like that there's not going to be a lot of new content that's going to be readily per like presented inside here. Try to keep things level here. I think the most safest thing that they're probably going to be doing is probably announce a lot of different ports. And I'm not talking about just like the Zelda collection or something like that. Maybe we'll see Metroid Prime in regards to the whole, like, collaboration like the ports and stuff like that maybe not so much the trilogy maybe be the original metroid prime yeah, kind the rumors of like have been we... it's supposed to be a metroid prime one like a full-blown remake and then there's supposed to be like a remaster of two and three like down the road because i've had this inkling ever since this year started to where this feels like nintendo's last major year with the switch yeah and what better way to go forth and end this system's cycle before the introduction of a new system than to have a lot of your different ports and a lot of your different things presented full force and front and center because you're going to want content to sustain people up until not only the major announcement of, Hey, here's this new system that's going to be going on here. Hey, here's this new switch bundle here of tears of the kingdom that we've already seen potential yeah. links and yeah. stuff already. Of. We've, yeah. We've seen the pictures of it already. Yeah. That's more fuel to the fire that this is probably going to be a direct soon. Honestly, if not for the Zelda stuff or the eShop stuff or like with what the retailers are getting for advanced war cutouts and other types of things, Seeing that potential console bundle be announced, seeing a stealth drop of Advance Wars, like one plus two reboot camp, or even like more of like say potential like ports or something like that, or other types of potential remasters being showcased inside this, I would not doubt that that's going to be majorly happening. Although during this one, I would think that we're probably going to have one major surprise in regards to probably a first party game. And I'm thinking this is probably going to be where they're going to announce the new Mario game. I feel like that it could potentially be something related to 2D Mario. And I feel like it's going to collaborate with the Mario movie that's going to be coming out in April. So, hey, you guys loved watching the Mario movie in April? Here, here's a game that's going to be front and center, like, towards maybe around that time or possibly yeah. towards June, you know? It's something that's safe from Nintendo's point of view, but at the same time, if you have a Super Mario Brothers game tied in to tie in like from uh, the success of the movie and people are now wanting more Mario than ever, that's the most ideal time to launch a new Mario game. Yeah. So I know it's a long shot, and you know what? I fucking haven't done this in a while, and I'm just going to say this right now. Oh, Jesus, here we go. I feel like that they're going to release <laughs> another 2D Mario this year and it's going to be around okay the that's April pretty tame for you that's like day. a bunt that you're bunting right now <laughs> oh man that's a bunt man i, I was oh, expecting just... like we're gonna get metric prime four and they're gonna announce five <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs> oh no oh no 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 i 
I don't even think they're going to go forth and even say anything Metroid Prime 4 related during this direct. I I have a good feeling they're not going to. If anything, if it's anything Metroid related, it's going to be the the already finished supposedly Metroid Prime 1 remaster. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to aim it towards March. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think it could be a summer if they don't have like I think it's cuz like we don't, unless yeah, I don't know. Who knows when Pikmin's going to happen, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could – yeah, I don't know. I mean – Pikmin's more of a summer game in my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm just trying to like, – because like, we don't have like a holiday game for them, but I mean we've seen them announce holiday games in fucking September before. So, um, Although I could see that with a Metroid Prime sort of like uh, remaster and stuff that it could be like a potential like say middle of the summer sort of road July, thing. I think you, something like that. I yeah. think you're right in that regard, so – Probably not in March. I mean, I'll retract that. I mean, yeah. it would not make any sense having it in March. Yeah, and I was thinking about like the Zelda collection thing, where like, when do you put that out? Because like, you got let's assume Tears of the Kingdom doesn't get delayed. Um, it's like they always look like they have one every year. Like, you could put that in March because they have to have one every fiscal year. But it's like, if you're gonna have a Zelda collection type of like thing, like we were thinking that we we're gonna be getting, that September period would be probably the most yeah. ideal. It's just so hard because we don't really, like, we're in this point where we just don't know, like, what else is coming from them. And, yeah, it's like, we have, like, I mean, we just, yeah, what we talked about, we have the Pikmin 4, we have Tears of the Kingdom, we have Metro Prime 4, which I honestly don't even, I wouldn't be shocked if you go through the whole year without seeing that game. Um, yeah. Let alone it come out. Uh, so, yeah, assume we have Pikmin 4, Tears of the Kingdom, Metro Prime 1, Zelda Collection, yeah, I, I just feel like I feel like we're at the end of that Wii U era, and like the Tears of the Kingdom is like that is it? Um, I we've yep. heard the rumors for a while about the 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 Mario 2D game, and like the rumors were were like never saying it was gonna be out on the game, or the the movie rather. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool if they did it. Maybe, like I guess like if they do that in March, like it's a Mario game, they don't need to have a long tail for these games. Well, no, um, no, if and, they could just they could basically release it during like the freaking like. Uh near close to like that October, November sort of like yeah. release right there is their major Mario release. And that still would be fine because they could tie other people in for like substantial things upon not just Mario Kart eight stuff, but also in regards to their whole switch online service. Yeah. You know, I could just see them definitely wanting to like, they want that <laughs> like last of us boy. effect. They want that Witcher effect, <laughs> the cyberpunk effect, you know, where it's like, we, we've talked about it over and over again, like where these big IPs come out, like these games get like, good ips that come out like people like people go out and buy the games like we've seen cyberpunk is, was bigger last year than it ever was right because of the anime witcher was bigger in 2019 than it was 19 because the netflix series yeah, it was yeah. bigger in 2019 than it was in 2015 when it launched because yep of the netflix series so um yeah i don't know it, we're just in a weird spot with it i feel like we're we're definitely in a weird spot with everything just because everything's so fucked up right now uh we're definitely we're like a lot of shit's just been like we've seen a lot of the stuff and like a lot of shit's just getting delayed, delayed, delayed. Um, but I will say one more thing before I let you have your guest right okay. here. I don't believe we're gonna see that Mario sports game in this direct. No, I don't think there's really any left. Like I don't know if they can do baseball. There is rumblings that they're possibly going to be doing like a Mario like sports game, and it could be baseball. Yeah, because the, the sports game people. They didn't make Strikers. Strikers was made by the. Um, oh boy, it's not Luigi Camelot. Three people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, God damn it! I'm trying I to remember the name of the devs. 
Yeah, I can't remember right now. Um, Not Mercury Stream, but someone else. Mercury Stream is the uh, um, they did the the Metroid game from last year. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's that's right. I'm, I forgot what they're called. Next level but the games. Nintendo, next level games. That's yeah. right. I don't next remember who who did the Mario Golf game. Mario, who, I can't. They they made the, the last game they did was Mario Golf. Um, Mario Super Golf. Rush. Well, it's not Camelot, that's for sure. It is Camelot. Mario Golf is Camelot. Okay. Um, Jeez. So, yeah, Camelot has put a game out. That was 2020, though. 2021, rather. Um, mm. So, I don't know. I, I, I guess The only thing I really want from this is just Nintendo games. Yeah. Like, I'm so tired of, Absolutely. like, we've had these directs, and they like they just haven't had a banger, like, awesome. Like, they've had some cool announcements, don't get me wrong. But we've had a lot of just overall pretty bad directs. Like that last direct, which was like nine fucking JRPG farming games. Um, That's the thing, man. It's just... It was the last major direct we had. I mean, it was very like structured to a specific type of demographic. And that was yeah. the people that are using their Switches like how major RPG fans use the Vita for their handheld yeah. choice in regards to the major RPG stuff. This is more or less for the hardcore RPG fans in that last direct. Yeah, I just... And I don't know if we're going to get them because, like I said, I feel like they're just holding back at this point until, like, I don't think we're getting another 3D Mario game. I feel like that's going to be like a, right. a Switch 2 launch game. That's uh, why I feel like we're going to have just major league ports yeah. announced I mean, here yeah. or possibly like throughout the rest of this yeah. year. Like, I, honestly, I think Metro Prime 4 at this point is going to be a Switch 2 game. Um, mm. That's, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's really all I want. That's That's my expectation is just, like, give me... Some Nintendo games. Get, let's have a nice swan song to the fucking Switch um, before we move on. Because I feel like, the, yeah, like you said, um, like, yeah. I think this is the last fiscal year of the Switch as we know it. And I think Dude. once we get into next year, that's where we're going to start seeing fucking uh, Switch 2 stuff. So I I just really feel like that uh, Tears of the Kingdom, you know, I think that's Nintendo's one of their last major swan songs for yeah. that Switch. And like, yeah, we don't really know a lot. We haven't seen like we've had like two and a half trailers. Like since that game got announced at E3 2019, yeah 2019, so it's been you know it's been nearly four years now and we've got maybe four minutes I of know. gameplay. So it's like everything is tying into this being the last major year of the Switch. Mm-hmm. The anomaly, obviously, with the whole increased production of the Switch consoles itself. Yeah, that's the whole thing that's fucked me up. Is yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're. Tr- trying to initially produce a lot more to try to clear stock it yeah. feels like i feel like they're just trying to get to the point where they could beat the ps2 record i think that's that could be the that is... way if they if they tried to attempt to do that they would have to do a major price cut i don't think they no they don't they sold 19 million units last year that's in true year six they don't do shit what were we at switch <laughs> I mean, they, they, dude, two years ago, they, they, they raised the price on us two years ago, so they don't do a goddamn thing. Um, All the, depends upon what they do with it. <laughs> yeah, so the Switch is at 114 million units as of December 31st. Um, PS2 sales. I just find it fascinating how we're not even at the point of saturation, like oversaturation with the Switch console, and it's still selling that well. Yeah, so the PS2 is at 155 million. They got they still got a ways to go. So, um, well, let's move on here to some other mm-hmm. uh, some other news. Um, just a lot here. Uh, I, I initially had like this all in like the other news this week's part, 
And it's just so many of them that I we had to talk about. So we had a whole podcast two weeks. Was, was that last week? Two weeks ago? I can't remember what it was. Time is a flat circle. Um, where we talked about, like, Marvel's Avengers shutting down. We had the Suicide Squad leak happen. Uh-huh. Uh, there was uh, Halo, Infinite, the 343 uh, layoffs, all that. And the yep. future of Halo Infinite and 343 as we know it. It's, it's getting crazier. So this week alone... Rumbleverse announced they're shutting down on February twenty yep. eighth. They they launch August eleventh. So yeah. six months on the market shut down. Uh, Crossfire X shutting down in May. Uh, Knockouts that game came out last February, so just a little, just about a year on the market. Knockout City mm-hmm. shutting down June sixth. It's been out for a little over at that point. It'll be just like about two and a quarter years. Back for Blood production is ending. They're not shutting down, but that game is like they're not making any more content. I mean, you can still, done you'll, with it. you'll still be able to play it. <laughs> going back to Knockout City, they will be putting it up on private servers for PC people. So if you're playing on PC, you can still do private servers with your friends. So that's pretty cool. Um, okay. Uh, Apex Legends uh, Mobile is being shut down after Go- uh, Google Store and um, uh, Apple Store gave, announced it as, as Game of the Year just a couple months, just a month ago. Um, that's ridiculous. I guess the issue was, I guess the game's actually really good, but the problem is, is like, the studio they hired to make it, um, like, they're having issues, like, getting content out on a regular basis, so uh-huh. I, I think it's one of those things where it's, like, you know, if anything, Respawn is known for quality, um, uh, and that, it, it probably, like, hey, it's successful and it's a good game, but, like, you're, you're hurting the image of Respawn, which I understand, like, because Respawn is EA's baby at this point, um, Halo Infinite, we've talked about the issues on that one, Marvel's Avengers shutting down in September, we've known about that one, but just a weird week um of a lot of this like i was listening to a podcast i was, I was listening to kind of funny kind of funny games daily and blessing was talking about rumble um was it rumbleverse rumbleverse getting shut rumbleverse, down rumbleverse yes and while he was talking about that they were talking about like the future of like games and service games and he mentioned like man it's like he mentioned knockout city is like man if that game gets announced getting shut down i'd be i'd be fucking depressed about that literally the next day they announced the game's gonna shut down <laughs> Um, oh, that's unintentional, yeah. but oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was literally every day a game was announced being production ended or being shut down. I don't know. I just, we, we talk about this all the time about games of service. And I talk about this with like, you know, like it was just a couple weeks ago. We we're talking about games of service stuff before. It's like literally the whole PR sometimes about these games is like we're, people are like gamers are so like worried and concerned and frustrated about like games coming out as games of service. At this point, where it's like we don't want it to be there, you know, like a Marvel's Avengers type of situation. It's like we just want a great Marvel's Avengers game. We don't want all the other bullshit. Um, where they spend the whole PR campaign is them doing wordplay and showing the game and like events without showing the games of service parts. Where it's like, hey, it's not right. a game of service. You can just play with your friends. And there's also grinding and there's all, but don't worry about that. It, it's a game. It's a single player game. Um, like that's not a good. That's not a good thing. Like you, when you have to like hide shit and like do like spin and wordplay to like to you know to to like try not trick but like show the positives which i get that's the whole point of pr but right it's, like, it's very weird right. when it's like you have to like hi, like the games of service stuff is like not a toxic word but it it, it definitely brings negative connotations right away uh so um i don't know i just People were talking about like, is the games of service bubble burst? And I don't know if it's burst. Rather, it there's only we're not, go ahead. That's 
that's the thing, man. It's like it's not at the point of bursting yet. What we're at is the oversaturation point. Mm. We're at the point where there are so many different live service games that it's they're basically kind of eating up each other's space. Yeah. It's getting to that point to where now, because there's only so many people that want to invest inside of a live service game, they're choosing the ones that they're going to stick with the most. And unfortunately, for a lot of the smaller ones that I've been releasing over the past few years, their lunches are already ate. Yeah. Because it's like a lot of those gamers have moved back to either playing some of the major live service games like we're talking about your Apex Legends, we're talking about Fortnite, we're talking about even like Warzone. the ones that you that yeah, like Warzone, just the ones that you wouldn't think would be retaining a lot of that stuff, all this new stuff going on, but still running. Even Destiny 2 counts as one as well. Yeah. The point being is like it's sad that a lot of these live service games are going to be at their end or they're ceasing production in regards to new content. And largely that's due in large part to people have only so much time they want to spend on a live service game. And really, unless you're completely immersed inside of that one live service game and you're spending money, you're getting skins, you're doing whatever type of microtransaction stuff that you want to readily make that game more enjoyable for yourself, it's going to be hard to retain a lot of new players in regards to a thing that's not as well documented or it's not as well preserved or even like presented in terms of like advertisements and stuff. If it doesn't have that one type of main self, the game itself, it's not going to do well. Mm. Or even in some cases, like the ones that had some decent gameplay from what I've seen, like say with knockouts, it like knockout and with the uh, Rumbleverse and stuff to where, there were some people that really loved playing these games because of their little like um, hitches and everything else like that, that made the gameplay a lot more fun. I mean, rumble first, for example, like suplexing somebody off of the top of a skyscraper yeah. all the way down the thing. I right think there. it was it's made like, for us. Exactly. It was the type of game that was made for us, but at the same time, it was not well enough to where it could sustain an potential like live service sort of like atmosphere in that stuff. And why I think this is, it's going to a point where it's oversaturation, I mean, this is one of the many danger signs where a specific genre of a game is getting ready to either go on a, like a swift decline, because we've seen it before in the past. We've seen games that try to implement multiplayer games, like multiplayer modes inside of single-player-oriented games. We've seen people try to, like, we've seen developers try to, like go and put in loot boxes and all the microtransactions to try to get people like more money out of players and stuff when they don't even need to be there. The most egregious case that that we can think of maybe most recently would be the whole restructuring of like Gotham Knights to where Battlefront thing, 2. Even Battlefront 2, yeah. Battlefront 2 in that respect as well had a lot of major type of microtransactions or things just worked embedded inside of it, but once it released it was pretty much one of the biggest black eyes EA has had in yeah. that regards. And this is coming from like, this is coming from like the star Wars battlefront two things as well. You know, it's like the point being is like, we're not at the point where the bubble has bursted with the live service games. We're at the point now to where it's getting close to start a shifting of like the decline because with how many games you can invest inside of a day or in in a week or whichever the point 
gamers want to stick with the ones that are most fun to them, which either are separated into a couple different groups. And the ones I can immediately think of are the ones that only play maybe one or two games and they're just free, like live service games, like your Fortnites or mm-hmm. your War Zones or something like that. And then if there's everybody else that want to play the games that they want to go forth and do. They're single player oriented games. They're freaking whatever type of games, like they're RPGs or shooters or whatsoever and stuff. They're the ones that play regular games, like kind of like what you and I do, Tyler, yeah. to where we go and we buy the ones that we want to play a month. We'll play through them and stuff. Oh, okay. And then we'll go on to the next stuff. Yeah. But then we have like one game, like I have Madden, you have Destiny 2. Like, yeah. That's your side game. That's your other yep. game. Like, a lot of people have that other game, and it's like, yeah, like there's only so many people, and like, yeah, like you mentioned, like Warzone, Destiny 2, mm-hmm. Fortnite, like there's like the small, like the tier below that, like Fall Guys, Rocket League, like, it, like you, you mentioned, like Rumbleverse, Knocker City, like those games are actually like everything I've heard is like, and I played Knocker City, Knocker City is an awesome game. Rumbleverse, yeah. from everything I heard, that game looks incredible. The game sounds awesome. Um, yeah, just but everything I heard about Rumbleverse is after like a month you're pretty much going into like games where like everybody was really good. And it's just yep. like, it's not like, like I can jump into like, usually like once a year, I'll get really into Fortnite for like six weeks and I'll play a ton of it and I have a great time with it. I get into like one season. I have a great time. Um, and I can do that and I can go and I can be competitive. I won a multiple, I won a bunch of games last year when I got into it for like that month and I had a great time. Um, and I can be competitive in every game Yeah. because the game was big enough where I can face, different ranges of talent, different ranges of like, you know, people that of skill level. Uh, and like everything you're hearing about like Rumbleverse was like, it was basically just a hardcore left. Uh, it's like when you hear about like Rainbow Six Siege, where it's like, oh man, I really like to get in that game. That game's like six years old at this point, And only people playing it are like hardcore people. Um, so yeah, but I don't, I just, I don't know how you continue to like, like, you know, yeah. what are you looking for out of it? Like I get it like, Everybody wants a game like Ubisoft. Like we, we talked about like a week or two ago was like they had over a dozen games of service games in development. We've seen uh, like PlayStation. They talk about like Jimbo Ryan out there talking about like I think you have like a 10 games, like game of service games in development. And it's like that he talks about like we know some will fail, but the hope is like if one or two hit, yeah, it's gonna be great. And it will pay for the ones, the ones that fail and it'll pay for the rest of like it'll help pay for the next game, the next big $200 million games they want to make. But I just want to know, like, what are we looking for? What's the goal? Like, you, like, oh, yeah, the goal obviously is, like, mm-hmm. best case scenario is a game that goes on forever, like a Fortnite that could, that could just print fucking money for you. But I, I'm like... That's the end result a lot of publishers and developers want to aim yeah. for in terms of a live service Which game. sounds fantastic, you know? Like, right. I, I, you know, if, like, crypto was an, a, a thing, I'd love to have a computer that just fucking grinded crypto all fucking day. It's not mm-hmm. realistic, Gables. No, um, absolutely not. Uh, and yeah, like th- that's the goal. That's the thing. That's the, that's the pie in the sky thing that, you know, these developers want. But like, I want to know, like, is Knockout City considered a success? This is a, I know EA was publishing it, but like this was a free to play dodgeball 3v3 game. That went on mm-hmm. for, that's going to go on for at the, what, June 6th. It'll be over two years of, of, like going like to me, like, I would, to me, as a consumer of that, I only played it for like a little bit, like maybe ten hours. The first like few weeks it was it was open. Um, to me, look at it like that's a success. Like Rumbleverse, obviously a failure. Crossfire X, obviously a failure. Back for Blood mm-hmm. probably didn't hit the way they thought it was gonna hit. Um, 
like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Um, like, I look at, like, I think, like, what you should be, like, what the goal should be is, like, honestly, like, look at some of this. Like, I know we, like, Ubisoft's been in some shitty places, but mm-hmm. you look at, like, what they did with, like, Assassin's Creed and, like, Division 2 and Division and shit like that. It was, like, those games went on for a couple of years. They did they had content drops. People, like, they had they had a good dedicated audience, supported for a couple of years, and then moved on. Like, I feel, I feel like that should be the initial what you're looking for. Right, and if it go, it's bigger than that. Like, like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they supported up until like the last drop just came out, like at the end of last year, like yes, over two years later. Um, two years later, and Valhalla is finally done. Yeah, um, like I feel like that should be like initially what you're looking for. Like, do that. Make a good, make a great quality game. Do some big drops a couple times a year. Obviously, you're gonna have the seasonal, the the daily stuff like that, like right. smaller stuff to keep everybody going back, give them reason to go back. But have the big content drops, like the bigger ones, the paid the paid ones, a couple times a year, and then boom, you can if you can keep a dedicated audience, and then if you can, if you're lucky enough to go on from that, then keep fucking going. But I feel like that's the way you should go. And I get like the idea of like these is like you don't have to have a ton of content day like day one. Like these games are far cheaper to make. Because you can have less content because you're going to like, hey, here's a content plan and then we can keep adding more and more and we're going to make a ton of money. Like, I get the idea. Theory all sounds like not as much money initially, a lot of money in the end. You know, it's the underwear gnomes from South Park. Step yeah. one, steal the underwear. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. That's that's the goal. <laughs> uh, and I feel like they haven't feel, they, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just. I, it's, it's so frustrating because like. Us as consumers, we see the failure coming from like a mile away, and sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we're wrong. Fortnite, the original Fortnite, the what it was before that, before they pivoted to a battle royale thing, like that was a dud. And even when they turned into a battle royale thing, like okay, whatever. And then now it's Fortnite. It's fucking it's yep. Fortnite. Um, Destiny One was a ten-year plan. Immediately yeah, with the Destiny Two. Uh, you know, like, and obviously they corrected since they left Activision, corrected it since then. Um, Assassin or uh, Halo Infinite supposed to be a, uh, this was this was going to be the entire generation of X of of Halo and Xbox. They're already going to be they're already moving on to the next Halo project. So yep, they pretty much wrapped up what they could do with the uh, Infinite and started moving on to something yeah, else. Like they're going to continue to support like season three starting soon. Kill okay, with this. The game's been out for over a year now. Halo yep. and the word's still in season two. <laughs> That's still crazy to me. Yeah, so I don't know. I I'm I'm just continuing to be baffled by the games service thing. Where like, I get why they want it. I get why WB, these people that don't know video games super duper well, looking at you, Jimbo Ryan, um, and it's like we we want that. We want the Fortnite thing, and it's like okay, well that's it's really hard to do. No no no, make it happen. So I don't know. I hope some of these work out. Obviously, I don't want these things to fail. Um, but I, it, it's just, it's so hard. I, I don't know what, I don't know what the best case scenario is, but Gills, we got to move on. Yeah. Let's move on to, uh, other news this week. And it's like six pages long. Uh, first off, uh, MLB, MLB, the show 23 will be coming to game pass day one. I forgot to put the release date down, but it's, I think it's, it's into March. Uh, mm. there was a, a PlayStation like live trailer thing they did where it's like a new bunch of news reports and it showed like Spider-Man two. Uh, got a little Ragnarok, uh, um, Horizon, Forbidden West, stuff like that. Yep. There's one game we didn't know. 
that we didn't see. And it was a woman in a cave with a with a with a torch, blowing off what looked like a treasure, and it looked like it was a um, possibly an uncharted tease. So um, I don't know, Gables. Uh, we talked about we just talked about last week where um, you know, yes, like we did the the future of um of uncharted and <laughs> now they're it kind of looks like they're teasing it so it's like in spoilers ahead for the end of uncharted 4 so if you want to know skip ahead like a minute uh but at the end of uncharted 4 obviously we get introduced we they do like they jump forward we get introduced to uh cassie drake who is the daughter of nathan and elena and mm-hmm. um is it gonna be that and i feel like at this point like he was, if you're doing that they gotta know that like everybody's immediately gonna when they see that gonna think Uncharted and Cassie, like yep. they gotta know that. And if it's not that, it's they gotta it better be fucking something big, because that's gonna mm-hmm. be a huge disappointment to a lot of people if that's not Absolutely. Uncharted Five or whatever the fuck they're gonna call it. Yeah, that's definitely an Uncharted tease to me. I don't know about you, Tyler, but that yeah. definitely rung a major bell going into my head when I'm sitting, I'm like, I'm laying in my bed watching WWE raw. And all of a sudden I see that commercial blah, blah. And I just see the app, like maybe two second tease of like, they, they just show uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> and I, not only like that better be uncharted, like that, the next big like PlayStation showcase, wherever it's, wherever that's going to be, we need, that needs to be there. Cause that's going to be like, uh, that's going to be hanging yeah. above the head of, um, of them, especially because we don't really know much from coming from PlayStation after us. Really, we got Spider-Man 2. That's about it. Um, yep. It sounds like 343 is going to be keeping Halo, um, and they're going to be working with certain affinity. They're switching over to the Unreal Engine, which we've already known about. We talked about that last year. Um, but they're, they're moving on to the next project. But it's probably not going to come out to the, the end of this generation or the next generation. So, yeah. Um, PSVR 2 slash the uh, uh, projected output for the... Uh, for well, PlayStation did for the PSVR 2, like I just said. Um, they originally, I think their plan was to release um, 2 million in the first, um, like, four months of uh, out, and they dropped it down to, like, 1.5 million um, just due to poor pre-orders. And, uh, like, I've I kind of got feeling something was up because I got multiple emails from them about, hey, you can pre-order a PSVR 2, where, like, initially you had to, like, get into a line to do it and, like, hopefully get lucky. And now they're like, hey, would you guys please want to order one of these things? Um, but I don't know. It's the thing I talked about when they initially announced, like, announced this thing like a year or two ago where it's like – I said this years and years before that where like, I feel like VR was going to be a fad, kind of like most controls were. And it kind of feels like – I mean, it, it's more than I thought it would be. It's, it's not so much a fad, but it's got a very dedicated audience. And now we're at the point where like people are freaking out with the price point. And yeah, it's fucking high, 550 yep. bucks. But that's actually – a reasonable price for the price of fucking VR heads, like good quality VR headsets go anywhere from 500 to $1,500. Um, that's true. The, you know, but where it's weird. Cause like at this point, that thing is coming out in on the 22nd. We are 18 days away. It's uh, it's 1125 PM, February 4th, as of this recording time. Uh, and there's been no major press releases, no major commercials, nope. no state of play. Nope. The like, there's 22 games, I believe, at launch. Uh, most of them are ports. A couple cool-looking ones in there. Like I think the Call of the Mountain looks pretty cool. But the thing I've, I've talked about for a very long time, a very, very long time, isn't the launch, what's coming at launch. 
what's that launch window looking like? What, what you got for me in three months? What you got for me in six months? Like, that's the big thing. I, like, that's what I think was big for the Switch. That's what was big for PS5 was, like, when they showed everything like, off, like, hey, here's what's coming on launch day, but here's what's coming out, you know, in a month from now. Here's what you're going to be playing in two months from now. Here's what you're going to be playing at next holiday. Like, boom, here's, like, six, seven big games you're going to be playing. Here's the next year of quality content coming just from us. Not even third party, just from us. And it's like, we got Call of the Mountain at launch, and then there's that uh, the Dark Anthology uh, roller coaster mm-hmm. game coming, I think, a couple months later. And that's about it. <laughs> so, uh, and then the rest <laughs> is ports. Uh, and then, hey, like you might have bought this game on PSVR 1 uh, or elsewhere, but you got to buy it again here. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm so out on VR, so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, Gables, you're never really into it. I got, I bought, I have the PSVR sitting in my closet. It's been there for years. Um, you don't want to know it's funny. And I think what's the most funniest part about this is like, I feel like that people have just gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? They hardly supported the original PlayStation VR. Well, they did, they the did a good job for a long available. time. It's just the stuff was like, because they were still, yeah. they put like Iron Man. They they had a lot of big like Astrobot. They had good stuff in there. It's just few and Not far between. That they didn't have good games though, but yeah, every few and far between. But in regards to this whole PSVR two, I mean, I think it's a red flag that they have not even remotely done a lot of advertising for this for the device itself. Yeah, I mean, granted, it still could have like fantastic games at its launch. I mean, yeah, we should know a lot of the launch window of this device itself, but. it's really on Sony to go forth and start pushing their products out. I mean, Sony does have a track record of not really going through and pushing advertisements for some of their peripherals. Yeah. PlayStation Vita being one of the major things. And the PSP. Yeah. And the PlayStation I. And the PlayStation PlayStation Move. And the PlayStation Move. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, I think you're right. We're like, like non-console, I think the VR, the initial VR, is like the best they've ever pushed something that wasn't a main console. Um, and this definitely feels like where it's like they were too far in, and it's like we got too much. Like the the train is moving, we can't stop this. We just got to put it out, and like maybe we can make some money back on this thing because like yeah, it does. It just this thing feels like it's dead on arrival, and it's like yeah, the thing I've said for multiple years now about the VR. VR is not a big enough. There's not a big enough market for this thing where like. Facebook has the meta. Um, Steam has, I can't remember what Steam has. There's another one. There's like, the, I think there's four bigger ones out there. And they all have their own exclusives. They have like, they have like Facebook, especially they're buying up studios to make games for their, exclusively for the meta quest. And it's like, VR isn't a big enough market where you can have, you, I, I get it. Like you want to have exclusives. That's the whole point of having these things. But like right. the market isn't big enough to like segregate these things off to different headsets. Like nope, you it's the market's big enough to have multiple consoles with with exclusives, not VR, but VR is is a fraction of 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 that. Um, where it's like, yeah, I don't, I mean, like say they're gonna have 1.5 millions out in the first four months. I think as of December 31st, they're at 33 about 33 million units sold of the PS5. So you're talking about you expect about around four percent of your audience to buy that thing? That seems like a lot to me. That's being generous. Yeah, and the, the PS4 one was extremely successful. Like they were blown away by how successful that thing was. 
Um, the problem was like the thing was like the tech wasn't very good, but it was at a really good price point for the, the market. This one is the tech is supposed to be extremely good, but the price point is at market. So it's like, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I like I said, I feel like this thing is going to come out and in, a, and in 18 months, we won't hear about it anymore. Um, but, uh, it always has the possibility. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel, it feels like the 3ds after the switch came out, honestly. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on here, though, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been delayed from uh, March 17th, I believe, was the initial date to the 20 of April to April 28th. It's about a six week delay. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever game gets delayed happens, but it's a pretty tough time. Um, I was looking. April 19th is the Horizon uh, Burning Shores. April 28th, I think, on that same date, uh, Dead Island 2 comes out. Um, May 2nd, Redfall. May 12th, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So a rough time to come out. Uh, but I mean, even with the, like the original date, you're coming in within like a, a 10 day period of uh, Resident Evil 4, but a lot less. I actually think that uh, this is probably the best scenario they could have done in terms of delaying it because you're looking at a situation to where people are going to be mostly engrossed with RE4 remake in the month of March and stuff to where it was initially supposed to release in that month, but you still have enough time to where you can have some bit of exposure before a game like Redfall and also Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, like you were just stating and stuff. So it's, it is probably going to be a smarter move for their part just yeah. to have it delayed to that. And I'm, I'm actually at, like that. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I mean, obviously this game probably needed the time. They said it's content, but the game is done. It's just now we're doing bug fixes. And that was a big thing that, like, I talked about, a lot of people talked about was that game initially, mm-hmm. the first one that came out, that game was just buggy and like, extremely frustrating. And I was like, that this was a game of the year right. contender that, Barely made my top 10 list in 2019 because of like how frustrated I was playing the game because of the bugs. And I said this initially when the game was announced for March was like, well, maybe not coming out in November, coming out in March. That's the four months I needed initially. But also there's always that like PTSD to me where EA putting a game out in March usually means the game is like, it's not done yet, but like, hey, we want to get it in before the fiscal year's over. Uh, looking at you, Mass Effect Andromeda, looking at you, uh, mm. SimCity, looking at you, Mass Effect mm. 3. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, there's a lot of PTSD there with with, uh, with EA putting a game out in March. So I mean, the fact that they're willing to bump it down to April 28th um, tells me that game. Progress. Time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, we're getting somewhere. Uh, hey, and you know what? Hey, we got Dead Space. We got It Takes Two. Um, we got this game coming out. EA. I know people don't like to give EA credit, but hey, they're doing some cool shit. Um, progress. Yeah. Progress. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> We're, like, we're looking at all these. We have all these other big studios putting out, like trying to force uh, feed out games and services. And here we go. Here we are. EA is like, hey, what about single player games? <laughs> so, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, this is a studio that used to force multiplayer and open world games into everything, and uh, we had to pay like ten dollars if you bought a game used to play online. Uh, and here they are putting like, hey guys, maybe we should make a single player game. Progress. Yeah. Progress. Uh, <laughs> I love how it just all comes back to it. You know, all yeah, comes back like, to what they were fucking doing initially. Yeah. It's like, what if we just put out good quality games, guys? Like people, you make great games. They will come. Um, I'm from Iowa. I know all about that. You know, if you build it, they will come. Um, moving on here. James Gunn, uh, who is now running uh, DC, like the movie universe has talked about. He is now, um, he wants to make it so like, the video games, the movies, the TV shows all work in unison together. Uh, and he even wants to use like the actors from the, the movies and TV shows to do the DC, the video games. Um, and he wants to make that part of 
the DCEU because um, they're creating the new universe because they totally fucked up the first one. Um, I say good luck to you. Um, I, this sounds like a guy that doesn't understand how video games work. So uh, it's like, hey, games take like five, six years to make. It's like, cool. Yeah. Like, think about it like this, Gables. If they would have started a Batman game, say a Batman game was coming out this year, and it's like, hey, we want to use uh, Ben Affleck to be the voice of Batman. Like, cool, all right. Like, the, the, say this game, that game would have started in like production in 2017. He would have done all the lines. Um, that was like two Batmans ago at this point. So uh, good luck to you, my friend. Um, yeah. Uh, allegedly, Amazon bought Tomb Raider for $600 million, and they want to do a MCU version of Tomb Raider. Am I hearing this right? <laughs> they want to make a Tomb Raider universe cables. <laughs> My mind is still trying to wrap around the concept. I am not joking. I mean, I can understand maybe having like, I can understand maybe having like a game or something like a reboot of like. Well, they, they are publishing stuff. the the Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider game. They're right, making. right, right. But having an extended universe just from. Tomb Raider. What else is there besides Laura Croft? Like, are there any other famous characters? No. I know. No. I the lo- most notable character is Laura Croft. Yeah, there's not a, a like, Tomb Raider. There's not a plethora of characters that were not uh, made in these games. Like, what the hell are we gonna go for to have include characters from some of the spinoff stuff, like the Temple of Osiris and all this other stuff? I mean, come on. <sighs> I don't know, Gables. It's, yeah, I don't know. uh, I'm with you on this boat, man. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're trying to do in regards to that that plan, but, uh, well, it's going to be fairly entertaining to see it come to fruition, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. um, Good for them. It's funny, though, that that, uh, Embracer, we figured out what Embracer's finally doing with them buying up all these IPs and studios. They bought them off. (laughs) What? Yeah. So they, they bought, Embracer bought, Tomb Raider IP for three hundred million dollars, and then flipped it to mm-hmm. Amazon for six hundred million. So um, maybe they know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> so uh, and also they're getting the public, like they're also being paid by Amazon to publish a game because they bought Crystal Dynamics. So I mean, they're just fucking rolling the money from them. Uh, next up here, Nintendo was bringing back the vouchers. Uh, people don't remember that they brought the they not vouchers a few years ago, and uh, they kind of they discontinued after like a year or two, where basically you can go on and you can buy for a hundred dollars. Um, a voucher from them, and then you can buy two games on the eShop. Um, so like really, you can save twenty bucks, and essentially, which I wish we would have brought this back last year because I literally bought um, uh, uh, Mario plus Rabbids and Pokemon Violet last year, um, digitally. So mm-hmm. god damn it, <laughs> would have saved me twenty bucks. <laughs> uh, but hey, I like this. It's I mean whatever. Hey, it's a deal's a deal, and it's, it's smart on their behalf because it makes people. Uh, more likely want to buy games digitally. So that's fucking incredibly smart. Well, yeah, I understand that. I mean, yeah. okay. As far as they ever got rid of it, I don't, I don't know why they got rid of it. So, I don't know. Um, it's weird. They just bring it back. It's just kind of weird. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, you know, we just gave, uh, Gables, I want you to take back the progress. We just gave EA, um, cause, um, we talked about progress and then they literally just came to my home, came into my house and then kicked me right fucking square in the goddamn fucking nuts. They canceled a Titanfall sequel, Gables. It was going to be called Titanfall Legends, allegedly. Um, BT, my fucking boy, my goddamn sweet baby boy BT, was coming back. They're bringing him back, Gables. 
That beautiful fucking boy of mine. I love him so fucking very much. I know he's a robot. Don't fucking talk shit about BT. He's the man. Anyways, you're going to play as an uh, Apex Legend character. It's going to take place in the Apex universe. Um, Makes sense. Tables. It was John Wick meets Tony Hawk meets Dune 2016. These are just some of my favorite things. And huh. then we're gonna put them in a goddamn game together. Interesting core concepts. Hmm. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want those. I want all of that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> God damn it. My two favorite first FPS games ever made. Doom 2016, Titanfall 2. And they were going to incorporate Titanfall 2 into Doom 2016, into Tony Hawk, into goddamn John Wick. All of these things are amazing. Hmm. And they canceled it, Gables. They were. Uh... With yep. BT, my boy. I don't know if yeah, I told you, but that's, that's my boy. Fairly disappointing. Honestly, I mean, come on. I mean, we're at the point, though, where Apex Legends has already been pretty much successful for EA. But having something like that just outright canceled and us knowing about it now, that's just deflate. That just def- that's just awfully deflating, regardless of shit, you know. Yeah. I, w- I, you know, uh, I usually love, I, you know, I, I like when things get leaked. I like to read about that stuff, you know, like Tom Henderson, Jeff Grubb. Mission mm-hmm. Trier. Um, but I say to you, to those three motherfuckers, fuck you. Because <laughs> I wish you never would have told me about this. You know, I, I accepted the fact there was no hope of a de- of a Titanfall game after EA fucked Titanfall by putting it out in between Battlefield, literally the weeks in between Battlefield and Call of Duty. Yeah, they killed their own game. <laughs> killed their own game. You're goddamn right. And I accepted the fact after it took me a lot of years in therapy. Um, to, to finally accept the fact we'll never get a Titanfall 3. And here we are. Not only did they cancel it, but then they said, hey, it's supposed to be John Wick meets Tony Hawk meets Doom 2016. That just sounds crazy to me. <laughs> it sounds like the greatest game of all time. And we'll never see it. And it hurt me <laughs> to hear. Uh, and I had to, immediately got to put a phone call into my therapist because I need to talk to her about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you laugh. Uh it's actually just a cardboard cut out of BT. <laughs> it's my therapist. Uh, I don't know if you know about the American healthcare system. It's not great, Gables. I can't afford <laughs> therapy, so I'm just talking about cardboard cut out of BT. Uh, but anyways, um, speaking of something else I love, Coalition uh, canceled two smaller games. There, uh, I talked about this for a long time now. They were making a, a small Unreal Engine 5 game to like kind of get used to the Unreal 5 engine because... Really, outside of the Coalition, outside of Epic, nobody knows the, the Unreal Engine better than Coalition, because they were literally the they broke off of Epic to continue to make Gears of War after a three. Um, so those two games got got canceled. Uh, sounds like they got canceled sometime last year. Uh, yeah. But Gear Six has been in early development for a long time. They basically uh-huh. canceled that to just go full bore into Gear Six. So um, that kind of sucks. So I'd love to see what they do because like High Busters came out, Gears Five High Busters came out a couple years ago. That was fucking awesome. It was like a two-hour campaign. Um, that was really cool. And like, man, I, I, I totally dig to be in like to see what the fuck else they can do with like Unreal Five engines, all that, like a smaller title. But not gonna happen. But hey, Gears Five, my game of the year, 2018. Fuck yeah, give me Gear Six. So I don't know. Um, also, Wolverine, the the Insomniac game that was announced a couple years ago. Um, that apparently is. They're hopeful that game will come out in late 2024, but most likely 2025. It'll be more like a uh, 
it's not gonna be like an open world game, but like a more like open area type of game. So, it, um, more like a kind of like God of War is stuff like that, like uh, th- th- that Metroidvania style game where it's like you know it's a it's a bigger area, but like a bunch of smaller areas that eventually become a bigger area once you unlock areas uh, sections. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, so that's kind of the idea of that. One. It's supposed to be uh, rated M, uh, and uh, it's supposed to be nice. take place before he joins the X Men. So, um. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in on that one. Uh, Redfall, well, apparently, even on playing single player, you'll need to be... This is actually not apparently. This is confirmed. Uh, if you play Redfall single player, you'll have to be online at all times, regardless if you're single player or one player. So Gable's just continuing my reservations about this game being a games of service. Um, yeah. Uh, next up here, Metal Gear Rising. They were... Uh, Platinum, the tweet, apparently... They're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Metal Gear Rising. That's on February 21st. So a couple weeks out. Uh, and we talked about this with the, the voice actor of, of Raiden from Rising. Um, said they're going to announce something in the coming weeks. Here it is. No idea if it's going to be like, is it going to be a remake, a remaster, a sequel? Maybe it's just some fucking t-shirts. Who knows? Um, but um, after, Can't dismiss any of the possibilities. No, I mean, especially with the combination of, you know, him bringing the fact that the voice actor brings it up like why the fuck would he yeah. care um the game had a big resurgence last year i don't know why that game's not good it's a bad game guys move on it was it wasn't a very good game in 2020 uh, 2013 uh i assure you after I, I played a good chunk of it last year uh it was a bad game in 2022 um so i don't know why we need to make we need to do more of this um but uh <laughs> also last but not least here gables ps plus collection uh, is ending on May 9th. But you can still go in and um, download the games. Uh, and add a, or download, download the games, but um, you can add the games to your uh, your your account. So even after the service is done, you at least will have access to them as long as you have a PS Plus account. So, um, yeah, right. that's that's something. But uh, Gables... Um, man, we went long there on that one. But... Uh, I have to pee really bad, Gables. Um, tell yeah. me what you've been playing, buddy. All right. So this week, one of which is the continuation of the remake. I loved, I've loved a lot of the atmospheric take inside this Death Space remake so far. Just to continue away from last week, I got the chapter three portion of it. Nice. I decided to. I decided to go out and get myself a decent pair of headphones, so now I actually have the Pulse 3D headphones for uh, my PS5 now, and while playing that game and stuff, I had the headphones on. Everything just sounded so mm-hmm. super crisp. There was actually times where sounds would be going on and happening. I would be thinking that they were out of my room. Like, what the hell? What the hell? It's like, it's, it's the strangest feeling to where I'm not only getting used to the whole 3d audio aspect to try to play this game but on top of that on top of that it's like now i'm trying to get just trying to piece together where in the world is the sound coming from why is this sounding so close or why is it sounding so far away in regards to uh where i'm located out in the ishimura so trying to figure things out yeah that that was fun but uh i'm still loving the gameplay of dead space remake i mean this game feels fucking phenomenal the whole atmosphere the whole tenseness of everything it's it's honestly one of the best horror games i've played in quite a while i mean i don't really play 
too many horror style games. I don't generally finish a lot of them. I think the last major one I did go through and play through and finish was like Outlast. That was a while ago. But at the same point, I'm really loving the direction of this game. The pacing of it is fine. I love the idea that they've went through, kind of made it sort of like a pseudo like uh, Metroidvania style of thing with a lot of backtracking here and there. If you could choose to do the backtracking or you could just choose just to go through straight through the game. I am now initially past the portion where I had to use my boots and stuff like that to tr go through the terrain and stuff and get to uh, to uh, another part of the Ishimura and stuff in order to try to get a couple different uh, key items and stuff to advance the story. Like I said before, I think I'm past chapter... I'm past chapter two. I know I'm on chapter three and I think about it. But yeah, the enemies have been fast and furious. I mean, the necromorphs, very grotesque, very detailed. What's kind of hilarious about it is, even after like uh, taking out a bunch of the necromorphs and stuff, I mean, ammo still is kind of a issue with uh, playing this. I mean, I'm playing it on normal. I'm going through and seeing the full-on experience in regards to what the developers want wanted me to go forth and experience. And quite honestly, man, it is just like a, almost like a grotesque masterpiece. This game is. To where everything's all hyper detailed, everything's all hyper like uh, focused in terms of what you need to be doing. You're trying to find, you're trying to find your love interest and stuff, and see where she went and stuff. This entire thing, but game looks fine. The accessibility stuff is fine. I mean, I haven't really, don't really have anything negative to say about uh, Dead Space remake too much. I mean, hell, it's just one of those aspects to where a lot of the a lot of the nitpicks here and there is just basically because I don't really play a lot of like survival horror games in that regards. So of course, like it, ammo issues are going to be a little bit apparent or so things are going to be sort of out of whack, but it wasn't the only game I did end up playing this week. I did start fire Emblem engage as well because I wanted to, I wanted to at least get things going. So I played a little over an hour of this game so far, went to the basic tutorial stuff. I have not gone into the meat and potatoes of trying to experiment with character classes and doing all this other stuff. But I am kind of liking the initial aspect, the whole concept of like doing the engage option, like options and stuff, to where basically you take control of one out of like twelve different like uh, rings, emblem rings and stuff that's available. And they're based, all of them are based upon specific characters in the Fire Emblem series. Like, there is a ring that's more reminiscent to, like, say, Marth and Roy and, like, Ike from past previous games and stuff. And then there's some from, like, the newer releases, you know, like, uh, Byleth and stuff from Three Houses or, like, a Korn, I think. I think Korn is one of the ones as well that was from Fates. But the whole core aspect of it is, like, all these different rings, these emblem rings, contribute specific type of incremental improvements. Like, it'll either allow you a specific ability in order for you to perform something in regards to it being like over the top or something. Or some of the minor rings that you'll collect will create like incremental little updates based upon if you wanted to go forth and kind of craft other components into making it like a better ring. But I have not gotten to that portion yet. But I'm really liking that. Just for kicks and giggles, I decided to try a little bit of Mega Man 7 as well. Because, hell, I've already, <laughs> I already went through the first six games of that game in the span of a month. So I'm like, okay, let's try a little bit of Mega Man 7. It's like the Super Nintendo port and stuff. 
And what's kind of funny about it is I choose like the first robot master I choose is like the one that has like all the electric attacks and stuff like the turbine sort of S type of attacks. I go, I instinctfully went to the right corresponding paths, like for the first four bosses. So yeah, I pretty much beat the first four bosses of Mega Man seven, right? Like I went through the electric at first and like I went through junk band stage next. And then all of a sudden this crystal man. And then like the last one and stuff, I forget what the, uh, the last one's name is and stuff. I don't really think some of these bosses are really too memorable so far. I mean, Junkman, he was easier to remember because his whole entire stage and stuff, you're just basically going through like a, do a big old scrapyard sort of S type of stage and stuff and try to beat all these different types of uh, trash-oriented robots and stuff, which includes like some sort of crazy like uh, like trash serpent that goes around inside of the, some of the pits. I'm like, what the hell? But uh Oh, uh, yeah. So going halfway through like the robot bosses and stuff of like that, I mean, yeah, that was it. But uh, what's kind of hilarious about it, I did try for like maybe a, a little bit playing GoldenEye 007 on my Xbox One through because I have that game yeah. through Rare Replay. Oh, okay. I have it for free. So I'm like, I've downloaded that. And as soon as I'm starting to play it and I'm actually starting to get a little bit adjusted to it, I'm like, oh, my God, the controls are not <laughs> yeah. shit. I know, I played the first level, I'm like, oh my god, the controls aren't shit. Oh, no, the game is shit, though. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the first realization to where I'm like, okay, I'm now playing this game with good, decent controls. I turn off the auto-aim, I'm like, okay, I'm playing a little bit of this, and uh, it's starting to slowly realize, I'm slowly starting to realize, it's like, well, this controls like a modern game. But now everything else is starting to (laughs) seem less as a response. (laughs) But uh, I went to like maybe the first couple of levels and stuff. And I stopped after going through completely of like the facility level. But I failed two of my objectives because I did not meet with 006. And I did not get these stupid bottles destroyed or something like that before ending and stuff. And I forgot that was a thing to where... You could not choose specific difficulties for each level. It basically depends upon what you need to do, like for that specific level. So it's like the first stage you can actually do like, like the the lowest the lowest difficulty if you choose to. But then all the other ones you still have to do like these recommended like mission stuff in each and every level. But. Uh, other than that, though, man, that's that's my gaming for this um, week. How about you, Tyler? I'm kind of more same with you. I, I, I've jumped around a little bit here, but I did beat Dead Space. Um, finished that. It took me about a little over 12 hours, 12 and a half hours, give or take. And uh, But I there did like go. a good chunk of backtracking. I did all the side quests. It's not a lot, but there's a yeah, it's like three or four, and they're but they're like they're meaty. There's enough in there. Um, I would recommend on people like uh, cause some of them like you can only you can only go up to a certain point until you progress enough into like the main campaign to continue on with them. And it, it, the nice thing is I love this. The fact that it tells you it, like, it will, it won't it, it'll, like it'll turn red. I mean that and it'll tell you, you can't continue that side quest until you progress to the game, which I love because like it saves you fucking time from like, Oh, like, oh what the fuck? Where I go from okay. here? Like it just tells you. And then like, once you're able to, you progress the, the area you need to be, then you, then it will let you know, Hey, you continue to progress. I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, I love that. Um, but yeah, I beat the game. Uh, it's more the same like I said last week, where um, 
you know, I, I, the, the gameplay is fantastic. I love like, the game is legitimately scary, uh, jump scares, multiple like like multiple like not just like jump scares, but like ooh, like the the like the verbally like oh my god, oh oh fuck, uh, kind of like jump scares like where like something just sneaks up behind you. Um, I love like Ishimura like the way they kind of put everything together, like especially with, like the tram system. Like that was in the first game, but like like there's no loading or no mm-hmm. cutscenes or like anything that between it and like everything and you can just no. walk from area to area without going through the tram like everything is connected and it's like it, it has that it's like i said yeah. it, they turned it more into a metroidvania where everything all flows together and you, everything connects together and like i can get from one point of the map to the other point of the map in maybe 10 minutes if i if i go the correct the fat like the correct route to get there um so even like if we have to backtrack a little bit to like once you progress Enough to like, we get to the next clearance level, so now I can go into these rooms I couldn't get into before. Only gonna take me like, a, like ten minutes maybe to backtrack and get all that, get to get everything. Like, I got to the point where like I unlocked uh, one of the side quests. You unlock like the master clearance thing. Like that's an optional thing you can do, and like there's a ton of gear, and that's how you get, like unlock the last like um, upgrade trees for all your weapons. Uh, and like I did all that, and like it was nice going on the map and look to see like, okay, cool, it's here, and I could just fucking get there real fast. And it took me like. 20 minutes to backtrack and go to like to like six rooms. It was great. Um, so I, li- I like all that. The only thing I, I maybe like is like let me like select maybe let me make a waypoint because that was kind of frustrating because like you, you can only hit the you hit R3 and then like it'll show you the way you got to go for like your side mission or your main mission. And I wish it would like right. hey, let me create a one because that was the way I get sometimes I get confused where I was like how the fuck did I get to this room? But like I you know figured it out it didn't take super duper long but it, it but it's just enough from like hey. Little, little nitpick there um like let, let me do that um but yeah i blown away by this game uh it just it's it did a good job of like modernizing it changing it like it's not just a you know it's not just a, a full-blown complete remake of this it is definitely like um they took inspirations from like a resident evil 2 and 3 where it's like hey we're gonna change this enough to like we're like hey we're, but there's like they're adding to it but like they're not they're adding to it smartly they're making it better um, right. And they're not just like adding for the sake of adding. And they're like, oh, well, we gotta make, we gotta put a little flair to this, or we gotta like make the game longer or anything like that. Like, no, like we're adding some side quests that actually add some good quality content to this game, and we're adding side quests that like make it so like worth it. So like, you're getting better gear and better upgradables, and you're getting making everything. Nothing feels like a waste of time in this game, which is great, and especially a game that's a survival horror game where you know ammo health and stuff is limited so it's like backtracking because this game is not like there's like a i can't remember what it's called but there's like a they have a like something runs in the background that will like kind of like randomizes when enemies appear or it's like you got you haven't had anything happen for a long time or you got a lot of health or you got a lot of ammo so like there's this like little meter that runs in the background um you can't see it there's no way to know it's just like that's when like stuff will pop out so if you're backtracking a lot and you're spending a lot of time doing side stuff like it can cost you because you're you know you're losing health you're losing ammo and you're losing you're, you're wasting resources potentially here because you're not finding stuff you're not like continuing to get better stuff um i love it because like and they did such a great job of like balancing out the fact that, like there'd be stretches where like yeah i definitely had a ton of ammo and then like you get to these onslaughts and it's like all right well like i'm struggling here i got just i got a little bit i don't got a lot of, i only got a couple of health items like they did such a great job of like keeping you on edge of like you're never like fully like prepared like where like i have just i am fucking john rambo here and but you're also like i have one little drop of health 
and six bullets. Like you're never there either though. They did such a great job of like always keeping you balanced. And I love that. Um, so yeah, like the, the, I love the story. I love the change in the story where like, um, yeah, um, Isaac Clark talks now, but it's not like, it's not, there's no, he's not like being, there's no jokes. He talks very, like, but it makes sense. Cause yeah. I, my, I hate, I hate, 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 hate. And especially in voice actor games where like the, like the characters are always talking to you and you just never respond. It's like, this is weird. And like, it's such it's just a bygone era of gaming to me um and it's like usually he's just responding to the conversations that are happening he's never like never once talks to himself he's never once talking to like the player he's only talks when people talk to him and i like that a lot um makes more sense and like i said like the changes they made to the story were like they're like introducing the the crazy like i'm not really spoiling the game because like it's always it's like in the very beginning of the game where like they're they're introducing the the weird religion the beginning of the game the time for the marker and the talking about like what's going on here like instead of like giving a bunch of like shit in, the, in like the, the last like hour of the game like everything is like explained to you at a good pace and like some of the side content side quests in the game like do just a great job of like uh, explaining more of like what happens and like what's happening to like the characters that, that you're introduced throughout the game i like that a lot and it just there's nothing better to me than like a good survival horror metroidvania like um, I talk about like Resident Evil 4 is one of the greatest games of all time to me. Um, I beat that game more than any other game I've ever played in my entire life. Um, and it's funny because like the original Dead Space was like that that kind of filled that gap for me for a while. And now it's funny like come full circle here where Dead Space is kind of filling the gap until Resident Evil 4 remake comes out in a couple months. So it's kind of funny yeah. uh, you know this, uh, 20 years later here we are, uh, and, that, and that's kind of like you know full circle here. Um, but yeah, like it, it just kind of reminds me like man like I was like really depending close to protocol and i still think that game is, is fine it's a good 7 7.5 game uh but like it definitely puts it into perspective just how much better dead space is than close to protocol i get reminded like oh no this is what a really great survival horror game feels like um yeah so like even though i think there's certain things that close to protocol like i think like the, the story is better i think the characters are more interesting um but yeah like de- playing dead space though is just far superior um yeah and it, it blows me away like this is like definitely like it's crazy last january i said this about pokemon arceus and i feel the same way now like dead space isn't in my top five like, uh, at the end of the when we do game of the year 2023 dead space isn't in my top five this is going to be an incredible year and part of the reason why i think that yeah. th- this will be an incredible year is because another game i'm playing hi-fi rush uh so i'm only i'm like I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm like getting right up to the boss of level three. Um, and my God, this game uh, is like living up to all the hype, like living up to that initial trailer, that shadow drop, everybody, everybody's been saying about it. Like I was a little worried cause it's, you know, it's been out for a little over a week now and I haven't just, cause I want to be dead space before I got to the high fire rush. Um, and I'm just, this game is just an utter blast. It is like, I love the anime of it. Gables. Yes. I said that I love the anime of it. I love the characters. Like it's legitimately funny. Um, uh, just over the topness of them. I love uh, Chai, the main character. He's such a fucking idiot. The fact that he always constantly somehow lands on his fucking face. It's hilarious to me. Uh, I, I don't understand it. How, like, how do you always land on your face? Like, explain this to me. Uh, it, it's incredible. The guy, but uh, 808, the, the cat with you, 
is very funny and adorable. Even though I'm a dog guy, the cat is, is very adorable. And I like the little uh, mannerisms it makes and stuff like that, even though it's a robot cat. Um, you know, you have, you meet Peppermint, who is like your sidekick with you that, that like, like the, the, it's, it's a 3D platformer, with like a lot of collectibles and stuff like that. They can use to upgrade your, your, um, your abilities or like give you more, um, gears that, which is like the currency in the game, or just like you find like things you can add to your hideout, like, like murals or little posters or whatever you can add to it. Um, but I like the, the combat is very is really really good. It's it's fairly simple as far as you know X normal attack, Y strong attack. Then you have like side abilities you can do like you got like your special attacks you can hit. Um, they can do and then you have like uh, Chai has like a special attack she can come out and shoot and break shields for you, or maybe it kind of helps stun some enemies for you at the same uh, as well. Um, but like I talk about you know multiple times now where like I there was that game that came out that that Shadow dropped last June at one of the indie directs I believe. Um, that Nintendo had it was like a shooter, a top-down shooter game. I can't remember what it's called now, but it was like, I love the music, I love the style, I love all of it. But I was like, I was struggling. It took me forever just to beat the first level, and I couldn't beat the second level because I have zero rhythm. It just makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. Um, even though like in this game is like the same thing. Like everything in this game, like the cutscenes, everything that happens in this game, all the like, all the, even like just the shit on the side, like smoke sp- spring out. Everything happens to the rhythm to the beat. So you. There is just no way for you not to know what the beat is, and I just can't do it. <laughs> I simply can't do it. Uh, I tried, <laughs> uh, but like they said, like in the and like when when they announced the game, I was like, you don't have to be good at the beat. Like you can just like yeah, it just gives you you get more gears, you can get better scores, shit like that. But ultimately, you can still beat the game without doing it. It might make it harder for like there's definitely like treasure chests you can find where you gotta like um, hit like do a three like a three hit combo thing to the beat. I've definitely struggled where I failed like 20 times in a row trying to hit to the beat and I just couldn't do it. I finally got it. But like, I was like, I don't understand what the fuck I'm doing wrong here. Um, but like there's different, like there's, they also make it very accessible. Like you can, like you can hit like, um, hit like the select button on the Xbox, uh, controller. I don't know what the actual title is, but it's like, where typically the select button is on the controller. Uh, and that'll bring up a metronome at the bottom of the screen that, uh, allegedly will help you. It won't help me because I, I have no rhythm whatsoever. Uh, I've tried. It, I just turned it off because I'm like, it, it doesn't work um, for me. Um, but yeah, the music is awesome, even though, like, there's certain, like, you know, because, like, I think there's only, like, two, like, songs in each level, like, that are, like, made for the game. Like, usually about halfway through, the song will change, and it just kind of repeats over and over again. But it's not, like, annoying at all. It's very good. And, like, it, it changes enough throughout the level that, like, you're never, like, okay, I'm so fucking tired hearing this beat. And then, like, the final boss fight always has, like, an actual, like, license song. And then like, there's, like, a, a Black Keys song in there. There's a Nine Inch Nails song in there. There's a couple of other ones. There's another one. I can't remember what the level two boss fight was. But the boss fights are really cool, really well done. I love all that. Um, but, yeah, I'm having just an absolute blast. I love the whole package. just works so well together. Um, I'm having such a great fucking time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have Game Pass and Gimbal's what we call Game Pass. Goddamn right. That's dealing gaming. Um, if you have Game Pass, there's no reason for you not to play this game. It's a $30 game. I actually went ahead and I just bought the... Before I even played the game, I was so into it. Uh, there's a deluxe edition. And if you have Game Pass, you can just buy the, the upgrade for $8. I just went and fucking bought it. Gives you some extra gears uh, to start off with. And then you get like extra costumes. And one of the costumes is is like it's a t-shirt that says, I bought the deluxe edition and all I got was this t-shirt. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm definitely putting that on. <laughs> that's for sure. 
Um, so I, my character has that. So I'm, I'm yeah. But this game is just uh, a complete fucking blast. Um, I'll split the first hour of Forspoken, but Gables, I'm gonna save that for another day. So that's what I'm playing. Okay. Um, but yeah. But nice. uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, check us out, watching the show, liking the show. Uh, like I said, top of the show. Like, follow, subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, look down the sh- description down below. Whether you're an audio or video listener, uh, and click on those links. Check us out in all those places. Uh, follow, like I said, like, follow, subscribe, five stars, live, comment, uh, all that fun jazz. Um, really, like I said, really would appreciate if you do a lot for us. Um, but I was host, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, thank you for listening to another fun filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds goes. podcast. Too sweet. Yep. Bye, Too guys. Too sweet, man. <laughs> See ya.